Yo, yo, yo. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Win-Win Effect show presented by Winject Studios. I have the man, the myth, the legend, Simplify, Brian Ward, Dad Up Podcast. I feel like we've known each other for over a year now, <laughs> and it's been a long time coming, but welcome to the show, my friend. Oh my gosh, Chris. Thank you very much for having me, brother. Uh, I, I've been super excited for this, and, and you're right. It feels like we've, even though we've never met, it feels like we're... Uh, we're right in the next the same room together. So uh, exactly. thank you very much for having me, brother. Man, this pleasure is all mine. And uh, there's a lot of people that are really going to want to listen to this one all the way to the end if they're a father or even if they're a mother and they're playing both roles. I think there's uh, so much into your story and not to go all the way deep into this, like right from the jump street, but I guess we can kind of lean into this. I mean, you've been successful in all the things you've done. And most people, when they you hear podcasters, and that's one thing I learned about podcasting, 90% of them don't make any money and they don't have any business sense when it comes to structure, organization, and really how to, I guess, scale their brand. That's a little different when it comes to you, obviously, with what you do with your show. And I think that's really selfish enough to actually really want to talk about the things you want to talk about. Because it, what I think I love about your story, that your sons were, you know, they're now adults. And that's a hard transition. And most dads don't talk about right. is when the son or their daughters leave the household and you feel like, yeah, of course you're going to be a dad for the rest of your life, but it still, you're losing that type of that time in your life. And that's where I see a lot of entrepreneurs, especially the people that I know and come in contact with them, which we all know they transfer. Well, I guess you would say they, compromise their quality of life inside of their home to build outside and they should be building within in the right. legacy within their house. That's one thing I loved about your story and I was dying to have you on. I saw you when they had a couple commercials. I think you were on which which platform was that that you had to I think it was Father's Day. Yeah, it was uh, CNN. It was um, yeah, there was go. on uh, they have a, a, a sister network called uh, HLN, uh, mm -hmm. but I was asked I they one I guess one of their their representatives within CNN, I, I guess, listens to the show and uh, they wanted to uh, reach out to me to be on a Father's Day special. So it's pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Uh, how do you kind of describe yourself to people that don't know what you do, what you're about? I mean, because there's a lot of different, you're multifaceted, which I'm actually excited about going into a little bit more in depth on this episode. How do you kind of describe yourself and what you do if someone like walked up to you at grocery store? Yeah. yeah. Well, right now, because I'm trying to build my brand so much, you know, I'd say mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a podcaster for dads. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, first and foremost, I, I mean, I put my family first and everything. Mm -hmm. So I am an all in dad. Uh, but I, you're right. I do a lot of different things. I mean, from podcasting, I, I still have a corporate job. So yeah, I right. work in corporate America. And then, you know, in the evening times, I devote my time to a, a Christian high school where I'm a high school varsity basketball coach. Uh, and so I do all these different things. But um, first and foremost, I, I'm a dad to my boys. I'm, I'm, I will be there for them any Anytime they need me, I'm there. Um, so, I mean, if I had to describe myself in just a couple words, I'm, I'm, I'm a dad, I'm a family man, and I'm a podcaster. That's basically what I would say. Right. I like that you lead with that first. And I've gotten to the habit of doing that even before my daughter was born. And granted, you know, I'm not going to get into the, obviously that type of situation. And, you know, obviously certain things I can speak about and certain things I can't speak about, but obviously we're getting to the last little leg. We're good to go. But I've been, cause that's one thing they, I guess, I don't want to say it's just women that say this, a woman becomes a mother the day she finds out she's pregnant. And then a father finds out, you know what I mean? When she's pregnant or whatnot, they, they don't become really a, truly a father until the baby's born. I mean, yeah. how you know what I, I mean? I, yeah, I do, but I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that. I um, see that's perfect example. Yeah, it's something that you know when when my boys, uh, when my wife was pregnant with my, you know, especially like my first son. I'll just give you an example. My first son, um, I knew how important it was for me to have start to build the bond. And people may think this is awkward or may sound weird, but the bond with the baby in the womb. Uh, how important that is to start to build that uh, relationship because even though they're just developing and growing and they're, uh, you know, essentially a little fetus inside the womb, they're still developing these things, you know, you get in the ears and things like that where they can start to hear, they can start mm -hmm. to feel, 
Um, so I make sure I was always sure to, you know, put my hand on my wife's belly and talk uh, and make sounds and things like that. So that way the baby starts to hear familiar sounds. So when it is born, it's, it's already familiarized itself with that particular sound, meaning the dad's voice. So I think those are, uh, you really start to develop the bond when the baby is in the womb, believe it or not. And uh, mm -hmm. anybody that, anybody that says differently, I would argue all day long about that. Yeah. Cause I was actually on a show. And it didn't go into like really much like dads, but they just happened to make that comment in passing, just, you know, sidebar conversation. And I looped back to it and I was like, I, I kind of disagree a little mm -hmm. because yeah. I, it, I've waited a long time, you know, in my life to be able to have a child, you know, and be blessed with that type. That's a, that's a blessing. You know, most people, you know, man, in today's society, it makes it a little difficult, especially if you... And depending on whatever you do for a living, people say, well, he's a really shitty dad. Well, he's a great person. How could he be a shitty dad? <laughs> you know what right. I mean? So, yeah. it, but there's a, but also there can be a disconnect if you have unresolved trauma as a child and you haven't resolved some of those issues. And it might be a lot of things that you were taught by your ancestors or your people, your surroundings, your community on how to be raised, especially um, we just had a brief conversation about this. You were in Desert Storm. Obviously, I was you know, in the military during, obviously, right before 9-11 and that little haywire wouldn't happen. But in that type of way, we, we were raised by very strong men and we're exposed to very strong men, especially when we went into the military. You better mm -hmm. lock that shit up. You know, you can't right. show that, that side of you. But that's when you become a father, that's a little different. Yeah. You know? um, so. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, I think about the times when, you know, with being around my own father and, mm -hmm. you know, I, I had a relationship with him, but it wasn't a real strong one. And it's no fault of his. It's just, he was in, he was blue collar worker. So he worked mm -hmm. a lot of hours. Uh, there were certain things that we did together, father and son, you know, we built, uh, he was into hot rods. So, I mean, I bought my first car when I was 12 years old. It was I, a I saw that some Chevy, it was a Chevy Nova, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 50 bucks. Chevy Nova <laughs> that I bought with paper out money uh, yeah. back then, you know, with the boys throwing the paper, papers, I, I did that as a kid. And so I saved my money, bought this car and he and I worked on that car and we worked on it for a couple of years together. So that bonding relationship was there. He taught me a lot of things about cars. But other aside from that, you know, I played a lot of sports in high school that my parents just were never there. Uh, I used to I used to uh, ride with with friends, parents to my practices or games because I didn't have a ride. Yeah. Um, and again, it's just because my parents worked so hard. But I knew then I knew then that being a kid, you know, and I've talked about this many times, but being a kid that's playing in a sport where you're whether you're on a basketball court or on a field and you're out there and you're performing and you're looking at the stands that we, you don't care about all the fans that are in the stands. You want no. to see your relationships or you want to see your family. And I never saw that. Um, and so that, that impacted me. I, it impacts me to this day. I, I think about that. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's why it was so important for me uh, to be so involved with my boys. I knew back then that I was going to be the way that I am today. Um, so if I had to talk to myself back then and tell myself something from back then, um, I think it would just be keep doing what you're doing because I knew what the direction I was going to go when I started having kids. Mm -hmm. I, I really admire that. Thank you. You're welcome. I really do admire that because most people, whether they can make a choice though, they can choose to rebel or choose to like, I guess, resent and well, my dad did this and my dad did this and I'm just going to do it this way. I'm mean, like, you know, it's kind of like the walk the five miles in the snow type of comment, but yeah. you chose a different route because you understood. And that's a deeply, that's a deep pain. Right. I, and then, you know, when I was reading up in your story and of course there's a lot of people, I think there's Shay Hillenbrand, Jeff, I wrote it all down, Dave Meltzer, trucks, Breen or so the list goes on and on and on. I'm like, how the hell am I not talking to this guy yet? So <laughs> So we noticed AP was like, I was like a bump into you a party or something if the COVID <laughs> wouldn't happen. So when I was looking into the story, it made me appreciate my father so much more, to be honest with you, Brian, so much more because he worked two to three jobs and still, he still busts as you know what. Right. And my mom ate back surgeries, beat cancer. Like there's been so much, my older sister and, and everyone knows my story, but it made me appreciate him so much more. I mean, he did not miss a game. And I still mm. remember the one game he missed. Mm. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And the 
and man, I tell you what, that just made me appreciate him so much more because it, it works his human behavior. You'll take it for granted. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, there's a flip side to that. It's so, it's so interesting that you say that because there was, there were, um, you know, I did a lot of coaching and both my boys being a couple years apart, uh, there were times when I was coaching both of them, but I couldn't be at both games because they were happening at the same time. Same time, so yeah. I, so I had to pick and choose which one I was going to coach. Uh, and that, I mean, that rarely happened, Chris. I mean, that mm -hmm. very rarely happened. But when it did, there were those times where I had to miss a game in order to coach another game. And um, my boys, obviously, I mean, I don't know if they could remember that or not, but uh, they, because they were so used to me being there, um, I think it was just natural for them. And both my boys understood what I was doing. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so I think it was okay. But I look back at, you know, even coaching high school today, my boys are out of high school now and I still coach Yeah, because oh, I, I, cool. I, have, I have a lot of players on my teams where I've never even met the parents. Man, it's so sad. I, you know, it's heartbreaking they, to me. The, 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 the players act like they're fine. They act like they're good. But I know deep down they want mm. their parents there. I know. Do you know how powerful it is to have? I mean, let's just uh, – talking about parents, let's not let's take the mom out of it, okay? Let's just talk about dads. You do, mm. And I'm talking about boys. When you're coaching boys, you know how powerful it is for a player to look up in the stands and see his dad there, see his dad cheering him on. Uh, now there are dads that go to games and all they do is, is beat their kid down verbally mm -hmm. screaming at them on the court, what they're doing right. wrong. That's not the dad I'm talking about. The dad I'm talking about is the dad that continues to chant and cheer for their kid. And let's put the mom in the picture. Now the mom with the daughter and the son cheering for them. Do you know how powerful that is for a player to see that and how much more they want to perform Mm -hmm. at a at a higher level because their family is there supporting them. You, if you're not doing that with your kids right now, if listen, I know we all have jobs. I, I know we all have to work and, and we just can't, sometimes it just doesn't happen when we can't make it, but make sacrifices. When I coached, when my boys were in high school and I was coaching, there were many, many times, Chris, that I had to, uh, to leave work early to make it to a game mm -hmm. that was a long distance away. And I just, you know, I told my, told my supervisor said, Hey, you know, I have to leave at two today, but I'm going to, I have to leave at two tomorrow to make it for this game, but I'm going to come in at four to make up for time to make sure that I'm, I'm still putting in the work and that my, my work was obviously okay with it. And so I did that. I would show up at the office at 4am just yeah, so I could leave at two. Right. You got to make sacrifices. And it, that's how important. Now, if my job had said, no, we can't have you doing that. It's just not going to work. You're not going to be able to go to your games and all that stuff. I would have found a different job. I would have found a different career. And I feel that from you, like deeply rooted inside of you. And it comes from you understanding how important it is on a short-term level and in a long-term. When you were talking about this real quick, real quick, and I actually wrote out, I've been writing a lot for some reason. And it's kind of like a great, I'm, I'm in a different country. I don't really know that many people here. My family's back home. Luckily for myself, I have made some really smart business choices over the last you know, seven years or so. And I've had great success in a lot of different areas when it comes to investing. You've had phenomenal success. And, and I'm, to be honest with you, I'm so freaking blessed. But this is the point I want to make. That sacrifice you might view at the time is morally an investment. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have the parents that I've had, and I'm going to get a little emotion here, but if I didn't have them, and if I didn't, especially a father, to make a sacrifice at the time, but it was an overall investment in me. Mm -hmm. Because I am, I am built for hardship, and I am built for easy. We can take it anywhere you want to take it. And I just one thing that I have learned from my father is if you get hit and you get knocked down, you stand back up. You don't dust right. yourself off. You move. And he didn't just go to games. He coached me. And there was times that I remember my my we live right next door to my grandparents, and that was a huge influence in my life. Um, Italian family, they're very strong, World War II type, right? So my grandfather was great. And I had you know uncles, 
great family. I didn't know that we were actually not on the wealthy side until I got to like I wanted to wear like Tommy Hilfiger's and stuff, right? And it's so funny that when you had a paper route, I had I was I took over a neighborhood of cutting grass because I was like, I'm gonna I'm going to wear Jordans and I never bought a pair of Jordans. But now it's more of a he looks at me as a, I want him to view me, even everybody I've ever come in contact as a shared legacy. It's a shared legacy. Those times when he would come home tired as hell and not even eat and turn in my grandparents' house and put a light up just so he can throw, throw play ball with me. Mm. Gosh. And that's, and it's made such an impact in my life, such an impact. And I never knew how much on the magnitude side on how much impact it would make in my life until I became a father. Right. And I started right. to, and I stay and then I'm not going to say before then you would see people coming from different areas. And that's one great thing us being in the military at a certain time, we were exposed to a lot of different cultures, man. I was overseas. Yeah. I think you were in, I think you were in Tokyo. Were you in Tokyo? Yeah, it's in uh, Okinawa. Okinawa. That's right. I always wanted to go to Okinawa. That's yeah. how was that? <laughs> it was not to go right. left I field mean, on you, but yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I always wanted to go there. <laughs> you know, to, just to kind of give everybody a picture of Okinawa, it's about uh, two miles wide driving mm -hmm. time and about uh, two hours long. So uh, that's about how big Okinawa is. And, right. and to put that into perspective, at the time when I was there, there was uh, 17 military bases on the island. So. <laughs> You add all those military bases and then the city itself, uh, it's pretty, pretty crowded, but, uh, mm. yeah, I mean, not to go left field. Like yeah, not way, to go but... left field. I just, I, right when you said it, I was like, <laughs> what? I just knew you were in that part. I've always wanted to go. But do you, the reason why I bring this, this point up, I feel that that could be such a level of impact with your two boys later in life. Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, the impact that your father had on you, uh, it will, it will give you the, I guess, the courage or the, uh, the guidance into being a better father for your daughter. So uh, in other words, he's, he's brought you up, right? And because of that upbringing, uh, you know how powerful that the, the father-son yes. or father-daughter relationship is now. And so that will impact you in a positive way and you will be that way with your daughter and, and, and then some. Uh, so that's, that's remarkable that, that you have that relationship with him. For me, it was kind of the opposite where, mm -hmm. you know, because of the, what I felt, now don't get me wrong, I have a great relationship with my parents, but because of the lack of involvement on their part, it caused me to want to make this dynamic shift in my family and kind of change the, change the family trajectory of where we were headed as a, as a, you know, as a, you know, a family as a whole. Uh, so now with my boys, I know for a fact, they've already told me, <clears throat> both my boys plan on coaching their kids. Both my That's boys great. plan on, and it's because I honestly believe it's because of the impact that I had on them. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, you just don't know good or bad, the impact you have on your kids, regardless of how you, you know, with come, comes to respect with how much you treat, how you treat them, how much, how, how involved you are with them, those kind of things. So, um, it, it can go one way or the other. Uh, yes, hundred percent. I've seen some of the best. I've seen some of the best parents' children turn out to be the biggest piece of you know what. You see it all the time now. And luckily, you know, just like the success that I've had. Yes, great. Also, I'm meeting people that are a little wealthy, and I'm watching them coddle little children and not really giving a shit about their lives. And I'm mm -hmm. like, what are you doing, bro? Like, they're going to be mm -hmm. like killing people by like twelve. Like mm -hmm. you cannot do this. Like where I grew up because it's a different exposure for me. I wasn't raised this way. I got yeah. to the point, Brian, I couldn't go to my friend's house. They can come to my house, but I couldn't go to their house because mm. it's control. My dad's like, I don't mm. know what, I don't know what the rules are in that house. Right. This is my house. This is it. What did he used to say? It was like 1990, whatever outside. And they were like, <laughs> it's 1975 in here. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was crazy man he was hard on me but he but it i know now why yeah i know now when you are looking at certain pivotal points of you going when i become a father this is what i'm going to do what was your relationship like with your father did you communicate that to him or like no, how did he no, receive it you know it's interesting we're gonna go deep here because uh 
Yeah, and I don't know if you know. Eventually, my if my parents will watch this or not. So um, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tread lightly. But sure, um, I there were a lot of things that uh, went on in the beginning of my fatherhood journey with my parents that did not make me very happy. Uh, they were showing signs of that lack of involvement, I guess, uh, with my own, with their grandkids now. Uh, and it really affected me because of how I was treated when I was, you know, when I was yeah. younger and, and their lack of involvement with me. So I just saw this kind of this continuing spiral effect of, okay, so that's how they treated me when I was younger. And now they're treating their own grandkids that way too. And now they're, these are my kids. And yeah, now, it's, now it's, now it's pissing me off. You know, that kind of, so I did have at times conversations with them because I saw uh, how they were treating my nieces and nephews, meaning my sister's kids was complete opposite. It's crazy, Chris, complete opposite. They were always, you know, hmm. there for my sister, always there for her kids. And like I said, I'm, I'm going deep now, but they were there for them and it really irritated me. And my dad said to me one day, uh, he said, you know, the reason that we are the way we are with you guys, meaning my wife and I with our with our kids, and the way we are with your sister and her kids is because we know that you guys are okay and your sister needs help. I think and it's I said, more do you think it's more like more of a like a, a daughter rather than son because the son's strong? Do you I, maybe maybe I just right. thought that was a cop out. I really did. I, mm. I, I didn't. I'm I just. Said, try, you know I'm not trying to give it a benefit. I'm just. just yeah, curious. No, I, it, it might have been. Um, you know, I was. Uh, you know, I was stable. My sister at the time wasn't. Uh, so, I think it was. Uh, gosh, I, I really believe that it was just a cop out. I, I I just don't think that's a good enough excuse. When I become a grandparent, and hopefully it's many years down the road, but when I become a grandparent. Um, I'm going to be just as involved with my grandkids as I, as I am with my own boys, just because I know how important that relationship is. Um, I, as you said, in the beginning of this, you know, building a legacy in your home is, is far more important than building a legacy outside yes. your home. And yes. I, I had, a, I had so many friends that, that tried to work on building their careers when, when their kids were younger and they just missed out on so much. And I just, I felt sorry for him. I said, you know what? That's great. You're all about, you know, making the, making the dough. That's great. But I'm make I'm providing for my family and I'm there for my family because right. I know how important it is. And, and I don't know my, with my parents, it was, uh, you know, I just, I just, I think it's a cop out. I just don't, I, I don't buy it. I think you have a choice and they've made the choice. Mm -hmm. And it's more about inaction rather. Yeah. I mean, words don't really fix those types no. of situations is more about action. Yeah. The one thing I have learned about, and I've been reading a lot and, you know, of course writing a lot. I've, yeah, it's been a, it's been a journey, but the one thing that I will say that I've learned about being addressed with someone else's feelings is to not really try to deflect or make excuses to really feel what they feel. Mm -hmm. And I think that obviously would have, and I'm treading lightly here because I don't know your parents and, I, and if they do watch this, I, Hey mom, dad, but I, I just, you have to kind of like really feel a child's pain or it doesn't matter if they're not a child anymore. It's still your child. Mm -hmm. We still have feelings, bro. Yeah. And that's, a, it's a really difficult situation, but those difficult situations actually bring you closer. Mm -hmm. I still remember my mom and me, I was a child, man. I was just a something on this. And I, and I want to make a point. I remember my, my grandpa, he passed away when I was young. I think he was like, I was like eight. He was alcoholic. He was, you know, drunk. And, but he was a very abusive, but he was always sweet with me. I just found this out later in life. When he passed away, my mom, well, my dad didn't have a relationship with his mom that much. Okay. And she would come and bring presents and drop them off and like for Christmas on a porch and then go away. Well, what they were trying to do is protect me from that. Right. Mm. So, but then I remember there was like an Easter or I don't know what it was. It had to have been around Christmas. It was a, it was a bag on a porch, but she came over to the house and I remember my dad hugging my, my grandma saying like, let's bet bygones be bygones. And he was just searching to be loved mm. so much. And you can, and even to this day, 
you know, I, my older, my his his brothers, he was growing up in a big family. They didn't see each other for a long time, and he's lost a couple of them, you know. And I can see that hurt inside of him still. Mm-hmm. And I and that pain, I don't think that trauma, that stuff never leaves you, Brian. No, I mean, it, it, you. I honestly think that uh, when you're going through something, if, if anybody that's listening to this is going through something like that, yeah. you have this just kind of this this deep wound deep inside of you that's from your childhood or from your past, I would highly recommend counseling. I mean, I think counseling is really important. Uh, I'm a firm believer in it. Uh, I think it will help you uncover some things. Um, I I know this is kind of taking a left turn here, but you know, my wife and I, uh, we see a coach, a marriage coach. I saw that. I thought I was, I really admired that too, man. It was just yeah. great stuff. I think it's once a, is it once a month? Once, it's once a month. You've been married, what, 24, 24 years? Yeah, 20, 24 years. Yeah, next you year. Better, you better, you better, she watches, you better know that number, bro. <laughs> <laughs> 24 years. Uh, yeah. Congrats. So, uh, thank you. Um, so, yeah, we, you know, I, I say that because, you know, my wife and I, don't have any problems, but we want to make sure we don't. And that's why we see this marriage coach. So I, I think counseling has helped. And uh, one of the things that I have taken away from just our relationship is some of our interactions together as husband and wife uh, are in some of the ways that I, in some of the ways that I behave, because look, I'm not perfect, right? So some of the ways that I behave as a husband um, is a direct reflection of those wounds that happened and how I was treated when I was a kid. And so those things start to be, were uncovered to me through, you know, through this, you know, coaching, through this counseling. So uh, I think it's super important. So if you're, if you're, my whole point is that if you've got some sort of issue that's really hurting you or bothering you or stuff that you think about that's from your past, I would highly recommend at least speaking to somebody because we don't want to turn to other things like, you know, we had talked about it earlier, like, you know, alcohol and drugs and all that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff's just a you spirals you out of control, news. man. You spirals you out of control. I mean, you have to understand yourself. The Greeks have a saying, it's called know thyself. And it's the biggest mm-hmm. misconception of understanding because you only know yourself a hundred percent of the day of that moment. It's like this right. moment, the right. next moment, the next right. moment, and really embracing that. And there's a lot of also trauma that I've had and I had to go back and investigate. And mm-hmm. my thing is, you know, it does help to, to be able to talk it out. But I felt that if when in my career, I've studied the human brain and the biology and, you know, psychology and all that stuff. I felt that the person that I was having a conversation with wasn't going deeper with me. And, and, and I kind of felt like I was guiding them in certain situations. Right. And that was the ego talking. See, that was an, I was looking for an excuse out. See my point? I've discovered yep. later. But yep. that type of situation, and I think that's great when you are married and you're still open, you still have a good relationship, but there's different stages of a marriage. And especially you have children that are about to leave the house and have left the house. You need to obviously rekindle your relationship. Yeah. If What kind of advice would you give someone if, they're, if there's parents out there or dad especially? What advice would you give someone if their children are about to leave the household and leave the nest and go and fly their own plane, right? And what advice would you give to other than obviously the the coaching? What advice would you give as in a person? Because you once you leave the therapist's office, you've got to go put it in work, right? Right. So, right. what advice would you give from going from therapy to actually action? Yeah, I think when uh, when I think about my situation, you know, I have. Both my boys, my older son's now graduated college. My younger son oh, is, congrats. is Where at? thank you. Uh, he went to Grand Canyon University in Arizona. Okay. Um, so he's, he's, he's working. A, he has a great job right now. He's making a good living and he's living at home, but he's finding a, he's trying to find a place to, to move. Uh, he wants to find an apartment, but, uh, and then my younger son is a sophomore in college. So he's just now getting to go back to school because of the pandemic. He was in, he literally was online his first year of school and he plays basketball for the college. So they didn't know basketball, but which was same uh, school. No, Hope International University in, in Southern California. So, okay. um, so anyways, uh, now that they're getting to a point where my older son's about to move out, my younger son's about to move out. Um, one thing that I would tell parents is that if you're getting ready to go through this next chapter of your life where you're going to be this you know, empty nester, um, mm-hmm. first of all, um, be proud of that, uh, that you've raised kids that are sufficient enough that they can go out and be independent on their own. Second, 
enjoy it because I'm looking forward to as much as I love my boys and want them to be home. I'm looking forward to the empty nester part, you know, right. I'm looking forward to, to having this new relationship with my wife again, that's has been missed for now 22 years because my older son's 22. I think that's a reflection so, of all the hard work you put in Brian. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you. Um, I would, I would also say that, uh, it's never going to end. Your parenthood journey is never going to end because there's going to be times when you need to continue to provide guidance and direction and leadership for your kids. My older son's 22 and he's had some important decisions he's had to make over the last couple of weeks. And I have helped him through those decisions. Now, because he is an adult, he doesn't have to take my advice and I don't have to be offended that he didn't take my advice. He's going to make the decisions based on what he thinks is best for him. All I can do is provide guidance and, in my opinion, of what he should do. That's and an then he runs with that's it or not. That's an important word. Not to interject, yeah. but that's an important word you said, guidance. Not telling mm -hmm. them what, because it's a different role. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're, obviously, when your parents, when their kids are younger, you are essentially, I, I don't like saying telling them what to do, but you are. I mean, you're trying to keep them safe, trying to show them how to be productive and how to, uh, you know, be independent of you. And as they're older and move out and are independent, now you're just providing support and guidance. If you need me, I'm here. And my older son, my both my both my boys still come to me and ask me questions about different things. I helped my son, you know, this earlier earlier this last year, I helped my son put his resume together and got him set up on LinkedIn and all that kind of stuff. So um, good, those man. those kind of things you're always gonna be there for. Um, and my both my boys know it. So yeah. If you're a parent, my whole point, you're a parent and you're getting ready to go through this next chapter. Uh, enjoy it, embrace it, have fun with it, uh, and just know that you've gotten them to the point where they're independent and you're there for guidance now. Right. There's a lot of opportunity in today's world that we didn't have. And even more so, Yeah. even from our, like my parents, you know what I mean? I mean, you're looking at, I mean, we're, I mean, I would say like we're, we're, it was a little, little gap, but not much with, I think it's probably like maybe five years or so, maybe, I don't know, somewhere around well, there, but. I, for, for age? Yeah, age. How old are How old are you? I'm forty eight. Forty eight. Okay. Well, damn, we're not that far. I'm forty, so I was thinking I'm a little bit closer. Anyway, so I just turned forty, and I remember when I was staying to myself, and when I was like twenty, I was like forty. Like that's all this. Shit. You know what I mean? Like it's like a right. dinosaur. But when I think about the day of age, and even when I graduated high school, then leaving and then going. And like, man, if I would have just had this type, if I would have had the world that we have right now, and I believe my father would have more success than I've had. Mm. I've learned so much by his work ethic. It's yeah. ridiculous. It is ridiculous. The strength, he's got that old man strength now, you know, I right. still, even to this day, if he yells, you know, raises his voice, I kind of flinch <laughs> still. Yeah. But when I'm, but the reason why I bring this up is that do you feel that it's harder to raise children coming from a more, I guess, it, being in a better situation financially, or is it harder being, I guess, in on the poor side? Is it harder to raise kids poor? You know, I don't know. I think when you come from a family that has money and uh, I, I, there's just certain benefits that you get uh, as parents that obviously poor families don't get, but I don't know. I, I think you have to be careful there uh, because yeah. if you come from from uh, from a family that has money and you're raising kids in in this kind of this this environment of wealth, you have to be careful with entitlement. You have to be careful with uh, that's that too one much, word drives me yeah, insane, bro. It yeah, drives me insane. Spoiling our kids and that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, we weren't. You know, for my family, we weren't poor, but we're not wealthy either. We're, mm -hmm. we're right in the middle class. Uh, but I was, I provided enough for my boys that they needed. And yes. then obviously there were times when we provided uh, rewards to them, but they had to understand work ethic. They had to understand how to, uh, how to make money. Um, and that, so that was important to us. But, uh, you know, I grew up in a family like you, I grew up, we didn't have a whole lot of money. Uh, yeah, but and, we weren't poor and, either. He, my dad did a phenomenal job. You know what I mean? It, yeah. For what he was dealt. I'm, psh, yeah, I look back at it and I was like, you know, of course you just essential entitlement, right? Like all my friends, cause I played, you know, I was actually pretty decent in sports and all my friends, I was on a popular side. 
a little bit. And I was, everybody's wearing like really nice clothes and I couldn't really afford it. But my dad's like, he's got a whole other job to be able to even pay for the $30,000 a year for the place that my sister was at. You see my point? Uh, so, yeah, you know, that's yeah. a lot of money. So when yeah. you're looking at it that type of way, I mean, he did very well for himself that I had everything I needed and I turned out all right. But, you know, yeah. I'm just morally curious because I see a lot of that sense of entitlement bull shenanigans with kids today. They don't realize how great they have it. There's so many, the world's, I guess, benefits in just being so convenient of having oh it at your God. grasp. So how so are you weird. not? A, I'm like, how can you not manifest the life of your dreams if you have all these luxuries? Right. You know, I mean, but then you have right. to also, you're right. You have to look at also the human brain and thus being humans and being exposed to things that you're not exposed to. You take a good friend of mine from Lebanon originally. He comes to the States. He's destroying it because obviously, you know, where he's from, yeah. he doesn't yeah. have those types of um, conveniences in life. Yeah. But let's, I mean, let's take a hard shift real quick if we can, because I want to make sure we're conscious of time. And I'm really, we're going to have to do a part two, man. So oh, let's do it. I'm yeah, ready. We're going to do a, we're gonna have to do a part two to this. Let's make a shift real quick to your data podcast, because okay. it's gotten a lot of freaking praise. It's top rated. I think there's been some amazing people that you've had on the show and are good friends of mine, actually. And it's just that it's, I think it's such a, a powerful show because it's not about you just going on talking about uh, being a dad. You're digging in on mm -hmm. some topics that most people shy away from. Where do you think that confidence level came from with you? Uh, experience. Uh, okay. Experience. I mean, I've, I keep in mind a lot of the dads, I would say majority of them. I've had a few dads that are now grandfathers, but majority of the dads that I have had on my show have kids that are younger um, mm -hmm. or, or younger than mine. So I think it just comes from experience. Uh, the things that I've not only... Uh, been through as a dad, but also have seen in other families. And mm -hmm. um, I try to, in my show, I really try to spend a good solid, you know, because my shows are only about 30 minutes long. So they're not, mm -hmm. they're not super long. Um, but I do try to spend about a good 10 to 15 minutes just talking about the individual. Um, so if I were to have you on, it was like, okay, Chris, tell me about you. And we, we dive into where you've been, who you become, you know, how you started, all that kind of stuff to really give the audience this picture of who's, um, who the guest is mm -hmm. and really get almost give them a sense of knowing that person really well, because now you, yeah. now you do a good job of that. Yeah, you, you do a good job of that. You're welcome. You do a good job of that. Cause it allows the, the listener to come up with their own visual. Right. Right. And then, and then we spend the last half of the show really diving into their, to their experiences as a dad. And I, and I, you know, I ask generalized questions. I do try to make it more conversational. Uh, in the beginning, I did start off with pretty, pretty standard questions that I would ask just about every dad that I had on, but, uh, I've kind of moved into this more general conversation like you and I are having now, uh, and just ask them general questions about their, their experiences and not only who they are, I try to relate it to who they are and, and not only their career, but also who they are as an individual. And I try to relate it to their parenting style and things like that. So it's been a really cool journey. I'm coming up on two years here in a couple months, uh, be two years in, and I only publish one show a week. So, um, mm -hmm. it's only every, every Sunday I publish it. And, um, so yeah, it's been fun. What I really liked about your show also, I think you had someone editing your show at the beginning and then you went back to you editing it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Did I, did same. I did yeah, the same. I did the same yeah. and I have old stuff. Right. <laughs> so I did that. You know, like I have old stuff. Yeah. I want to, yeah. that's my show. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, honestly, I did it because I was, uh, it's not because I can't afford to do it. It's just like, okay, if I, I think here's what I was doing. I'll be honest. Here's what I was doing. I was so, uh, particular about my, the editing job on my show that what I was doing was, is I was editing my podcast myself and then I was sending it to the guy, to my editor and paying oh, wow. him to re-edit it. And he wasn't really changing anything. He was just kind of making the sound quality better and adding the intro and outro and all that kind of stuff. So I was paying him all this money to edit a show that I had already listened to and edited myself. So I'm like, why am I doing that? I, I could just do the sound quality and the, 
you know, intro and outro myself. I can add that all in. That takes two seconds, but I'm paying yeah. him all this money for five minutes worth of work. Uh, so now I just do it myself. It doesn't take very long. Uh, obviously, you get pretty good at it. Um, mm-hmm. Eventually, I'm going to move back into having an editor again. But for right now, I don't mind doing it. That's actually the reason why I oh. built Winject Studios, to be honest. I lost you. Oh, hold on a second. Can there you, you go. Me? I got you. Okay. I got you. That's how I ended up building Winject Studios. So when I came out with my show, it was a little different. It was my way of training 15 to 17,000 reps in the States. And I was here because obviously a daughter and whatnot. And I wanted to make sure. But then COVID happened. Then, I'm, then when the deal went through, I was left with a kick-ass show. I was like, well, damn, what do I do with this show? I can't just not do it anymore. Right. Then I started reaching out to people doing, and I found when they were doing the editing, it was just so awful. I was like, I got it. I'm going to do it myself. So then I started reaching out to, of course, people that I know, and obviously people we're connected to. They're like, yeah, we'll just go here. And I'm like, well, they don't give a shit about my show, man. Like, why am I going to give them? This is a reflection of me. And right. also, now I'm doing interviews. This is a reflection of the guest. Right. So uh, I'm going to have to, and then I started reaching out to a bunch of people and then here we are. So yeah. I, and I still kind of oversee it, but I don't really do all the, cause I don't really do a lot of, you kind of get used to it, man. And you just kind of like, you know, when to lean back, lean in, <laughs> put it on mute when you have to cough or something, cause you're going to save right. yourself a little time and you're going to edit your, edit it yourself. I think it's pretty yeah. cool. Like what are some of the things and we'll wrap up here and we have to do a part two to this. Cause there's so many other questions that I'd have. There's, a lot of types of angles of opportunity when it comes to shows and your show now having the success it's had and helping so many people because you're not trying to really make money from it. You're just trying to help mm. and then building your brand and brand, brand awareness. And then at the end of the day, you get it right once and then everything's good. Everything's come to see you. Are you starting to be approached by sponsors? Mm-hmm. And if you are, and if you had to give any advice, because there are a lot of people that tune into the show that are podcasters and they haven't really got to that point in yeah. their in their journey, how selective are you or are you just not open to it just yet? I mean, walk me through that. Yeah. So in the beginning, I was not open to it. Uh, I did mm-hmm. not like, I don't like commercials. I don't like listening to them. I don't like watching them. So I was very much against it. I have been approached by several um, sponsors to do um uh, an ad and I just have not accepted any of them. Uh, I was approached by one big one that I was really contemplating doing and uh, they sent me the contract and I was so close to signing it. Um, but it was a company that, and I don't know if I can say them or not uh, on your show. Uh, it was a company that is not a, it's a, for a product that men use, uh, and it's for a product that men use, um, you know, in their lower regions. Got it. And I think I know uh, already, I already know who it is. Cause I've been, yeah, I think they're very, going after some, a lot of other, our friends. Yeah, probably. And, and the things that they wanted me to say, mm-hmm. um, they weren't vulgar, but some of the choices of words that they wanted me to say in the ad, I was not, I did not think it was friendly or I did not think it fit my show well. I, I, for a lot of dads or parents, meaning moms and dads, I have a lot of moms that listen to my show. I mean, my, my audience is 60-40, 60% dads, 40% moms. So I like that too. I, I like that yeah. too. And I, I like that too. And it doesn't interject real quick, but I have a little a comment. I think that your show is even more powerful for a dad to listen with their son. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If I would have had this type of outlet as a child with my father, I think it would have helped us with the growing pains of, you know, going from, you know, like you get your, you know, adolescence, but you get, you start getting a little in your teenage years and there's a push, huge pushback mm-hmm. at that point. And I think that's a huge mm-hmm. moment in a development of a, a young man with their mm-hmm. father, because you can mm-hmm. easily, easily go into the other side of that and go to, you know, obviously with the times that we were raised abusive relationships physically, because I don't know right. whether you get eye to eye and stuff, you know, so it's different. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, I, I try to encourage this, my dads too. Um, when we're talking to our kids, uh, something that I ask all my dads on the show, um, if I were to ask your kids, so let's, I'll just take you, Chris. All right. Okay. I know your daughter is much younger, so obviously I can't ask her this now, but let's say in a couple years, if I were to ask your daughter, tell me something about your dad, what would you hope she'd say about you? And I ask all my dads that question. And I think it's an, it's a question that dads should be asking their own kids because quite honestly, 
quite honestly, kids are kids will be honest with you. They're brutally honest mm -hmm. and they'll tell you exactly what they're thinking. And if they tell you something that you realize is not a positive attribute, something that you need to work on, they'll tell you, they'll be mm -hmm. honest. And I encourage dads to not only ask their kids that once, but ask them that as they're growing, because they go through these stages in their lives and these chapters in their, in their, in their journey as children, uh, from, you know, just being young, young boys or girls to the preteens to the teens, you know what I'm saying? So asking your kid that question often, um, well, I think it's powerful. You. That's a great piece of advice. And I'm going to take that advice. That's a great, yeah. great piece of advice. Cause you're holding yourself accountable. Cause you sometimes children, especially if they're that young and they're growing up, they don't know how to communicate their emotions that well. Right. And that's one thing that I've had and we've got mutual friends. I'm not sure if you know, um, Jana um, Geneva, she works with like the NFL. Um, mm -hmm. she does a lot of like, um, energy healing. Anyway, she's mm -hmm. a great person. I'll have to connect you. You'll love her to death. She's, um, Mike Diamond, Dave Meltzer. She's connected to all like, yeah. uh, Charlie, um, Smith, great guys. Yeah. So, she was talking about it. And the one thing that she was trying to do with some elementary schools and middle schools is showing like kids how to express themselves right. you know, with their own emotions and go deeper and understanding energy. And I thought that was right. pretty powerful. And that one question you can, it's a easily, you can go and ask a what, when, why, how question right? and learn more about your child. And the way they yeah. like to express themselves. I think that's, right. that's, that's a great thing. If I can take it. That's so if anybody listening to this and you're a father, yeah. then if you make your mom, that's a great piece of advice. Thank you. Yep. For that. Go to your kid. Tell me something about your mom. So like I'm, I'm looking at my boys right now. Tell me something about your dad and hear what they have to say. Mm. And be open to criticism. Absolutely. Cause you can yeah, e easily at that time. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like what? Yeah, That's do, what you would say about me? Don't, you know? don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. Cause you do that. You do that. You've ruined the conversation ever again. You can't have that conversation ever again because the child will now be afraid to answer uh, and think that they're going to answer the wrong way. So they'll give you some fake BS. So yeah, right. don't, don't do that. Right. And I see it right now with my nieces. I have um, three nieces, but two of them are come from my sister's um, ex and they're really struggling um, with some things. And they, you know, even with myself and having that much, I guess, emotional intelligence and understanding what they're really feeling. And I'm, I, I, what I do is I kind of lead them a little bit and they open up because of the relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's really struggled since COVID's happened. I haven't seen them in person. Mm -hmm. So the FaceTime connection is a little difficult, you know? So yeah. Um, but the way I look at it is an excuse because I built businesses and I run my businesses virtually. So why can't I have a best relationship with my nieces? Yeah. Do you see my point? Yeah. See how you yeah. easily can go to the excuse yeah. of not leaning in. So, yeah. um, what would you like to leave with the listeners with? And yes, guys, I mean, and the gals out there, we're going to do a part two to this. We have to, cause there's sudden, there's so much, there's so many, there's some, a lot of power in what you do. Because Thank it's you. not like you have to. You're welcome. It's not like you have to do it. Right. No. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You know, even the coaching. I think your 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 kids. And I'm gonna say kids, guys, um, your boys, men now, boys to men. Let's see my little angle there. Right. So <laughs> that was a great bit. But boys to men. So they even go and watch you coach. I thought that was amazing, and that's a the complete reflection on how well have you done as a dad. I thought that was. I just wanted to make that comment to you real quick. Yeah, my, I just had, I just had a, two high school games over the weekend, and my wife and and one of my sons came and and watched. So that's so good. yeah, it's pretty cool. That's good. What would you like to leave the listeners with before we wrap up? Well, I mean, obviously they can. I, we do a part two, but for sure, I'm, I'm looking forward to that already. Uh, but they, I mean, they're they're welcome to reach out to me anytime. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm most active on on Instagram, but uh, Data Podcast, and uh, you know, obviously, they got my website and stuff. It's all down there on the ticker tape. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's. Um, I think I think just make sure that uh, when you're active or present around your kids, just make sure you're present because there's one thing that I, one thing that I love to say. My tagline is "Kids spell love." T I M E. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's so important. Just make sure you're present. Um, but I, I've enjoyed this, Chris, and I, I can already say I, I'm so looking forward to uh, part two. <laughs> I am too, man. I, I think that you, you're the kind of person that I can just, and I already knew that by just, you know, obviously people, you know, and I was like, man, 
<laughs> so we're gonna have a ball. I felt like you know, like we've known each other forever. We haven't, but I've seen you in the past, and I'll support your stuff when you when I see the post and whatnot. And I'm like, man, because I believe in the message. I think it's powerful. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And I anything that you need from me, I'm an open door. I mean, obviously, the people we know that will tell you that I I, I love supporting my friends. I love supporting people that I believe in their message all the way down to the true essence of them as an individual and as a reflection on their soul. Like, you know, so. If there's anything I can do, we have the obviously Winjet community and whatnot. I have to give you, I'll give, I'm granting everybody access that I've ever interviewed because it all came from podcasting anyway. So I'll grant you access to the community and it's pretty cool, man. You're going to really oh, dig awesome. that because awesome. it's a way of you holding, I guess a lot of people, when they want to communicate with you, they don't know how to communicate with you. Right. Right. Because it's, right. it's difficult and it's time consuming on Instagram. Holy crap. The messages, oh, yeah. you know, and, <laughs> and then I feel like an asshole sometimes because I don't respond the way I want to. But I'm like, dude, I, yes, I have a podcast show, but I'm a businessman. I'm busy. Like I got things to do. <laughs> exactly. it's, it's difficult. Yeah. It's difficult sometimes. But yeah, I appreciate coming on. You just have an amazing day and, you know, just keep doing what you're doing, man. You're doing some big moves. Oh, well, so are you, man. I'm, I'm so glad we've connected and gotten to know each other and looking forward to uh, building this relationship, brother. 100%. 100%. All right, guys. Be well, be you, be great. Peace out. Much love. And I see you all at the top. And make sure you're reaching out and listening to the Dad Up podcast. If you're not, I'm going to hold you guys accountable. I'm going to kick you off my show. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was like, like, that was one hell of a thing to say to somebody, right? All right, guys. Peace out. Broadcast right. is brought to you by Winject Studios. We are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners, downloads, and income. We come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how you can interact directly with our hosts, access exclusive live content with offers you can't get anywhere else from our official partners, join our purpose-driven community by visiting www.winject.com. If you're ready to build a career doing what you love, then we're ready to see you there.